Welcome to the Lockdown Yard. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Wait, do we do we say welcome to the Lockdown Yard podcast or welcome to the Lockdown Yard? What actually sounds better? I think Yard sounds better. Welcome to the Lockdown Yard. All right, sounds good to me. You can you can imagine the podcast at the end if it makes it better. Welcome to Lockdown Yard podcast. If you're here by now, you know it's a podcast. <laughs> no, it's not a TV show yet. Somebody sign us, please. <laughs> No, no, nobody wants my face on TV that much. <laughs> That's cool. I wear a mask. I wear a mask. Yeah, not the not the ones we've been wearing for the last year either. <laughs> anyway, indeed, the dad jokes seeping into my veins. <laughs> well, yeah, my name is Ed, and you know me. My name is Charles, and we are just off the back of arguably the biggest moment in the calendar for films, when the award season, anyway the oscars so that is the pinnacle of the award season and we've had some you know expected results some shocks which we'll get into in a moment but yeah congratulations to all the winners and what what did you make of it charles um this is the first year we didn't actually watch it live so it feels weird to kind of this experience is kind of different to me because i'm reading about it instead of let ourselves down man but it just didn't feel right i don't know I mean, maybe it's, the, it's been the pandemic. It's the pandemic. If there was know. ever a reason to break tradition, I feel like it, you can blame it on the pandemic and get away with it. But yeah, um, I thought I was I was interested in seeing um, who the winners are, obviously, because I I kind of wanted. I was I was thinking maybe Daniel Kaluuya and I would win one. I was like, yes, yes. I found out. I was like, that was the first win I heard about. Then I heard Anthony Hopkins won Best Actor, and I was like, you know what? I re- I still rate him as an actor. Still, he hasn't done. Some films I've seen, I haven't really liked them in, but the ones that I love, like Silence of the Lambs, and um, yeah, uh, that's probably another one. <laughs> well, did you hear the controversy about you know Anthony Hopkins' Oscar win? What was the controversy? So, traditionally in the Oscars, well, I say traditionally, they do they've been doing this for years. They actually leave the Best Picture award till the end. Um, but for this particular one, they decided to swap it around and put Best Picture before they announced the Best Leading Actor and Actress Awards. And it was done like that because they anticipated giving a posthumous award to Chadwick Boseman oh. for his role in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Oh. But they didn't. Anthony Hopkins won. And there was a... I mean, not outraged, because, you know, well done to Anthony Hopkins. He's, he was exceptional in The Father, I heard. I still need to watch it. Mm, I saw a clip of it. It looked pretty good. Mm. But it was a bit, apparently it was a bit of a mess towards the end, where, because they swapped it around, there was this sort of expect... I know it's an awards ceremony, so anything can happen, but there was an expectation due to that reshuffling and everything that mm. Chadwick would win. So there was a bit of, you know... Tension. Disappointment on that side because they they had a lot of people, his people in the building. His his late wife was, no, not his late wife. His widow his was widow there, was and yeah, that was a bit of that was probably the main downer on the night oh, because yeah, they they rearranged the best picture has always been that final award. That's what gave us that moment when uh, Moonlight won 
You remember? They announced the wrong winner. <laughs> that, that, that was hilarious to see live. I can't believe that. We watched that live. That was hilarious <laughs> to see live. I was like, wait, is this scripted? Is this a bit? No, this isn't a bit. This is going to ah, be the this news. This is a thing. <laughs> and now they'll always be tainted with that moment. <laughs> I can't believe that. You, do, you, do you remember? The bit I laugh at is when one of the one of the guys for the film which didn't win, he just snatched that paper off the, the host to announce it wrongly. He said, all right, enough of this nonsense. And then he announced Moonlight as the winner. Oh, that was hilarious, man. Oh. But yeah, they'll... You know, the the final... The best picture being the final award in the night. Mm-hmm. It gave us those kind of moments, but it is traditionally supposed to be the last film, the last award yeah. on the night. So, yeah, that was a bit of a weird... It was a weird moment, mm-hmm. I'd say, because they, they changed things up because we thought, all right... Special occasion, they're going to give it to Chadwick like they did with Heath Ledger when he passed away. Mm-hmm. But no, didn't happen. Mm. So yeah, that was a strange bit of the night. But as I said, well done to Anthony Hopkins. He's you know Thor's dad has done bits. So well, as I said, uh, a few expected winners like you mentioned, Daniel Kaluuya. He won Best Supporting Actor. Well done to him, Chloe Zhao. For Nomadland, yeah. I still need to watch. We that. said we were saying that was. Oh yeah, I've, yeah, I've seen that. It's it's def, it's a, just an exploration of 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 life. If I'm being honest, life is hard, but watch it and it's just a, it's a human story. Mm. I know it sounds weird saying it like that, but no. you see what I mean yeah. when you watch it. Okay, cool. And yeah, yeah obviously, Frances McDormand. We were saying she's racking these up now. Yeah, first for Fargo years ago, mm-hmm. then. Three billboards not too long ago, and now Nomadland starting to pick up the pace. So, well done to her. You know, we were joking about Tenet before. Oh, <laughs> good. It actually won for it was actually won special effects, visual effects. I mean, <laughs> it had to. It actually yeah. needed to because they, they crashed <laughs> an enough. actual plane into a hangar. If that does not win, yeah, I mean, like, you need your money's worth, man. Come on. Like, that's like... You need your money's worth. That's like the equivalent of, say... Imagine an alternate universe where Leonardo DiCaprio never won the Oscar for, for Revenant, even though he looked like he got more by a bear. Like, what else do you want him to do at this stage? Oh, like, man. it's literally like that. <laughs> Come on, man. Arguably, that wasn't... They had, they had to give it to him that year because a lot of people... The general consensus was that wasn't his best role. It wasn't his best role. It wasn't. But he had missed out on so many... Mm-hmm. Before he was trying so hard mm-hmm. for this Oscar, mm-hmm. like, just give it to him already exactly. before he does something crazy. Exactly. <laughs> and then Soul, Soul won Best Animated Film, which was, was no, no surprise to anyone. Yeah. That was always the front. I, I never had a doubt that was going to happen. Never, never. No, I can't wait to talk about that one. So have you? You said you've seen um, the film Daniel Kaluuya won for. Yeah, Judas and the Black Messiah. Judas. So there was an original song in there that won Best Original Song. I hadn't heard it until. Well, this morning I listened to it. It's really good song. Yeah, yeah. So was it her? Yeah, by her. H H E R. H E R. H E R. Oh boy, my grasp of the English language, as ever, is questionably questionable. What did you say? Yeah. Well, who else won? No, there were there were loads of different awards. I just mentioned like the highlights, to be honest. 
Now, I've mentioned before, these awards makers realise, damn, there are a lot of films we need to see. Like, um, Min, you know, Minari. Yeah, I, I, that I saw film. that, I saw that, I saw that. Yeah, that's... Oh, you seen it? Yeah, I watched it yesterday. It's, it's it's actually very good. I like it very much. I like Steven Yeun. I'm always, always a big fan of Steven Yeun since, like, The Walking Dead. Mm. So, seeing him, like, act in a different kind of role and different kind of, like, setting and everything, it really worked. And the story... And the actress who played um, the grandmother, I can't remember her name, but she deserved to win the Oscar for that. Uh, I think she was a uh, yes. supporting actress, wasn't she? I think so. Yep, she won Best Supporting Actress. <laughs> I saw her reaction to meeting Brad Pitt. It was so funny. She's like, where were you when we were filming in Tulsa? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely recommend watching that film. That's a, that's a very, very good film. By the way, did you, did you see um, Daniel Kaluuya's mum well his family's reaction to his speech no what was it <laughs> his winner's speech he thanked his parents for having sex and that's why he did it. <laughs> and then his mum his mum auntie was so embarrassed <laughs> they caught her reaction perfectly she was she just screwed her face she was like what oh my oh goodness. his ears definitely getting twisted <laughs> When they get back home, they're going to twist that ear. He's going to get shipped. He's going to get shipped. <laughs> I don't care how successful you are. You're getting shipped. <laughs> nah, that was hilarious. Nah, that's wild. Oh, best original score yes. went to Soul. No surprise. Oh, good, no surprise good. There. I'm glad. I actually didn't know the nominations for this year, but I'm glad Soul got it. I'm glad Soul got it. Mm. I mean, you had the, the Five Bloods. You had Minari. You had News of the World. Um... Yeah, looking at the selection, it was it was a shoe in to be honest. Mm. It was a shoe in I listened to that um, album a lot, like a lot. It's quality, isn't mm-hmm. it, man? So relaxing. I, was, I don't know why I was surprised to find out Jamie Foxx didn't actually play the piano for a lot of the pieces, even though he can play the piano. I've seen we've seen it on these talk shows mm. and whatnot, but I guess jazz piano is a whole different beast. So, yeah. but well, yeah, as I said, well done to all the winners, and uh, it, it did hurt to miss. Not watching it live. Yeah, I just felt it felt like a weird year. Yeah, it felt weird, man. Yeah, I think next year we'll be there. It's because next the year. cinema was closed, so we didn't really get that whole experience as well. Watching the films on the big screen. Yeah, it's not That's the same. Well, yeah, it's true. It's true. Well, cinemas are opening soon-ish, right? So mm-hmm. you got your we'll COVID passport? Hell no, no. Boris said no COVID passports. They scrapped it. Oh really? Yeah, they scrapped it. So. We can walk in scot-free. Obviously, you get your vaccine when you can, but yeah, man. No entry requirements here. Just walk in, social distance and vibe. Mm. That's that's actually one of the things I'm looking forward to most. Social distancing in the cinema. (laughs) Ooh, I've been asking for this for years. (laughs) He's been asking for this for years. Bro, what's wrong with... You don't want to sit next to someone. Cause I don't. What if you're with someone? Then does that make it? Oh yeah, if I'm if I'm good with someone, then fine. But it's when complete strangers sit next to me. Well, you know, when I went to the cinema when it was social distancing, I was I went with my friend and we had to sit like a seat apart. <laughs> so even if you're with someone, you're still going to be social distance. Is that what you want? No, but that I don't mind. That's fine for me, to be honest. You sure? I mean, why not? Eh, fair enough. It's only one seat apart. Okay, Damn, I'm thinking man. about Lux. You're going to miss them that bad? Yes. <laughs> I came to the cinema to be with you, not you in the seat. <laughs> I guess, to be honest, that model does work better when it's um, a stranger. 
complete strangers. Oh, yeah, what is a stranger? Then that distance is fine. I don't give a yeah, hell. Yeah, you, know, you, you keep your distance. Yeah, but, I don't know you. Yeah. What's your name? I don't care. I don't know you. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, people have kind of been doing that anyway. Yeah, true. When I look at it, only a complete psychopath will go and sit next to someone <laughs> they don't know when there are clearly spaces elsewhere. Yeah, that's true. In fact, when that happens, you should probably, unless your seat has been allocated through number and letter, you should probably move away. Well, something ain't right. Yeah. But uh, let's get into it, man. What we're discussing um, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier today. It's wrapped up. We said from the start we we wouldn't do it episode by episode. We wait for everything to wrap up and then we do a a grand old series wrap up, mm-hmm. like we did with Wonder Vision. So if you haven't listened to Wonder Vision, go back and listen to that and let us know your thoughts. But coming to Falcon and the Winter Soldier, your overall thoughts, but. Uh, Okay, overall thoughts. I thought obviously it's very different from One Division. It's less, yep, um, yep, yep. it's less notably so artistic. If you get what I mean, it's less artistic because uh, One Division was more. It, it 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 dabbled in different kind of like sitcom themes and different genres. Oh yeah, and this one felt more like something we'd seen before in Winter Soldier. It fit the vibe. Oh, this was Starter Pack MCU, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, Starter Pack. Because we've seen yeah. terrorists before, we've seen bombs before, but with WandaVision, we saw something different. We kind of saw like totally, a complete totally. mystery of what was going on, and it wasn't like espionage. It was just like pure mystery and like what the hell's going on. And with this one, I I, I liked it. Winter <laughs> obviously Winter Soldier is one of my favorite MCU films. So if oh, if, yeah. you, if the formula works, don't alter it. It it, it worked fine for me. I liked the series as a whole. No, there were some parts I didn't particularly like, but they didn't outweigh how much I enjoyed this film. Not film, um, series. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I did have issues with the series as a whole, but like you said, my appreciation for it definitely outweighs the things I found issues with, which will obviously get into yeah i can talk more about um, the positive things and the negative things and much oh yeah for sure this, for sure but yeah as i agree with you it's pretty much something it, feel, it felt more like what we've seen already yeah. it felt more like the mcu mm-hmm. the falcon and the winter soldier was a lot more familiar to those of us who have followed the mcu for a long time and yeah as you said not much of the mystical stuff we saw in one division at all, or nothing like that. This was straight up your gritty <coughs> thriller type thing, espionage, that kind of thing. Everything we associate with um, one of the best films in the MCU, which was Captain America and the Winter Soldier. So, mm. yeah, it was a, pretty much a continuation of that. And yeah, I did like it overall. As I said, there were issues, but I liked it overall. You sure? Well, also, yeah, I did like it. Why did, did you hear doubt in my yes, voice? Yes, I heard like I liked it. Uh, I liked it. I, li- I loved it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> maybe someone's holding a gun to my head behind me. It might might be Kevin Feige. Feige, if you're there, do what it takes. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it takes. <laughs> Feige just says, "I can do this all day." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, brother. Oh, my days. Yeah, I know. I know. That's what I'll say to you. <laughs> okay. Um, I, okay, I guess you have to talk about the main man of the hour. Um, well, one of the main men. 
Falcon. Let's talk about Falcon. Sam. Let's talk about mm. our boy Sam. What did you think of this whole like story arc? How how was what was your opinion of Falcon before this show? I don't know. What do you mean? What was my opinion of him? I mean, him? when you when he showed up on the screen, were you hyped or if you were like, did you was he one of like your favorite heroes or because you know it's hard to answer that. It's hard to answer that because it's the MCU, so I'll automatically be hyped anyway. Mm-hmm. So I can't say for sure how I'd feel if it was a completely separate entity. Mm-hmm. So I was hyped automatically because it was the MCU because it's we've seen him in the Avengers films. Mm-hmm. It's automatic. You know, so it's hard to answer that, but I was hyped, yes, yeah, because it was a continuation of the MCU, and I'm always hyped for that. Mm, okay, yeah, I was just curious. Yourself? Um, I was curious. Um, me, I'm very similar to you. Um, but now I feel like I've just gone to a stage after this show where I'll be hyped not just because he's in the MCU, it's because mm. this story really, like, really connected me to this character and the story and the journey he's going on and the role he's now going to have to fill as Captain America. Yeah. That's why I was like, has your opinion changed of Sam or is it kind of like different? Because mine's different now. No, I'm definitely a lot more... That's that's the beauty of these um, MCU TV series we've been getting because you get to explore the characters a lot more. So ones where... So characters which you didn't feel that attached to before these TV series... We get to explore in a lot more depth, and once an, an attachment grows, and you want to see their stories a lot more. So, for me, I've, my perception of Sam has definitely changed. I want to see a lot more of Sam and Bucky's stories as we go forward. Mm-hmm. So, definitely, I'd say it's definitely changed because before this, he didn't. He wasn't even the main guy. He was. He was a, a sidekick to Steve, all the way. You didn't really get to explore much of his story. Mm-hmm. Just that. He used to be in the army and he was a counsellor. And that was pretty much it. He just had these cameo appearances. He shows up he shows up when Cap needs him. He's that guy. But now it's like, wait, who is Sam? Yeah. And And uh, we'll get into themes we explore with Sam. But it was brilliant how they how they explored him. So I definitely I'm a big fan of Sam now. Mm. I wanna see more of his story for sure. Yeah, definitely, man. I liked I liked um how they going into what you just said about you didn't really know much about Sam, his background and you just knew just the base level of stuff and that he's a decent person and he's a good man. Um yep. this really sh- this show really showed him in the real world as a black man, as something that's not really shown mm. in the MCU much at all. Exactly. It, it, as a black man financially mm-hmm. wait, they showed that's <laughs> they answer one of those questions that we've probably had for ages. It's like, wait a minute, who? How do they how get who money? Pays you? They don't have jobs. Who, who pays you? Who pays you? It was like man, like Tony Stark's been bankrolling this thing <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> Can you imagine? But the thing is, others don't seem to struggle for money as much. But then you realize, you remember, you know, who was Team Cap and who was Team Iron yeah. Man, and then Tony Stark was like, yeah, well. I mean, we're avenging all, but you didn't get my money. <laughs> you sided with that guy. You killed my parents. So it is what it is. You know. You know. You know. <laughs> it's true. It's so true. <laughs> when you look at it, it's like, well, yeah. I mean, I'll save your life, but I ain't gonna pay you. <laughs> get your own damn money. And that opening scene in episode one, with the with Falcon taking on 
the jets and what yeah, the helicopters. Yeah, I remember that. That was amazing. That was hard, that was, yeah. After one division, that was refreshing. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm so glad the MCU has such a big budget because mm. the CGI you saw in that and the, the choreography, the action, the set, oh, it was so good. So good. And they didn't skimp on that at all. I loved it, man. Mm-hmm. And I, if, if I'm being honest, that action scene in the sky was not it wasn't surpassed later in the series. That was the best hmm. um, scene with Falcon flying. Yeah, the whole thing. If if I'm not, that's my that's my opinion. But it sounds like you agree. So yeah, I was gonna say it was. I was trying to think of other scenes where he was flying mm. like that, and the only one I could think of was like in the finale. See, the finale had I had a gripe with that. <laughs> Sorry to get into the slight the slight negatives. Yeah, but we'll get back into the positives. But I had a gripe with that, and that is one of our biggest pet peeves. Action at night. Mm. Can't see, man. Can't see. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't see. It's true. All you see is just blur motions, man. Sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't as bad as... It's not It's not as horrendous as Wonder Woman versus Cheetah. <laughs> no, that was literally done to hide the bad CGI. Yeah. This was just... Obviously, everything happened at night, so it made more sense. But yeah, I just didn't see as much as I wanted to in that. It, it, was, a, it was a good action scene I just didn't see much of it yeah. unfortunately but yeah back to the positives so we saw Sam's story analysed on a real level mm. he went to, when he went to the bank and he was rejected for the loan I was just like damn mm. MCU's going there okay so we show that they're actually oh, they real were, people who need to lead real lives there were some real undertones that you could really feel oh, they yeah. were so relatable yeah, bro mm-hmm that you, I wouldn't lie. That universe, I'm not saying just because he's a celebrity or he's saved. Actually, no, maybe I am. He saved everybody here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he saved half of you here, at least. And you still gonna make him pay bills? He shouldn't have to pay a bill ever again. He should be able to walk into the bank and get whatever loan. Okay, maybe not whatever loan, but I don't he's, think he was asking well, for not a rejection. Crazy. Definitely not a rejection. Yeah, not a rejection. It was so weird, like and. I, there's a a scene later on where, you know, they had racial under, undertones as well, mm. where Sam and Bucky, they were approached by police officers. Yeah, after talking to Isaiah, yeah. And then it was so real where Bucky is literally the walking killing machine here. His face has been everywhere. He's killed people over many years. Mm-hmm. And the difference in how the police treated him and Falcon, he was one of the good guys, mm-hmm. by the way. They were actually there to arrest Bucky. No, at first they were. They saw the um, them arguing on the street, and then police came and said, "Actually, we're here for Bucky." Yeah, yeah. But the first police were. But they the, were just being discriminatory. And, like, yeah, the <coughs> difference between the treatments. I mean, it's it was realistic. Mm. It was realistic, and I was so surprised throughout this whole series with how deeply Marvel, the MCU, went into race. Mm. I don't know if any film. MCU or not, in any superhero film I've seen so far, has tackled race on this level. Mm-hmm. Now, that might be an outrageous call, but because, you know, there might be a film out there I'm blatantly missing out. Maybe it's probably a recency bias. I'll go, I'll go back and have a think about it. But right now, as I'm talking about it now, I don't think I've seen... You know, it's definitely unseen before. Like, I don't think yeah. I, can re- I can... I can't recall... 
a moment like this off the top of my head that resonates to the same level this one closest did. thing I remember which is also a bit of recency bias Black Panther where uh, Michael B. Jordan was in the museum mm. saying <laughs> how do you think they got these things yeah they take it and, like they took everything else and that was MCU too That's not, mm-hmm. that was MCU too bury me in the ocean with my ancestors oh that line yeah so I, yeah, as I said I don't think I've seen race at least definitely in the MCU mm. race explored in America especially on that level they said some they didn't even sugarcoat it man mm. like the scenes with Isaiah Bradley speaking to Sam they will never let a black man be Captain America and you can take it for what it is in terms of it's just in the show but it spoke on so many levels outside that show as well it did they mentioned things like no blonde hair no blue eyes it's like these things we actually talk about on a real level Mm. in real life I was just like okay they've gone there they've They've done research they've come out of lockdown and they've just like produced this and this is even planned before lockdown even let's say that Mm. no Isaiah Bradley was one of the yeah, best moments in MCU for me entirely mm. entirely which which scene was it the one in the final episode or just no it was, my favourite episode of this whole show was season oh my gosh episode 5 where he sits down with Sam and he talks about his history and how he got treated for doing the same thing that Steve did they buried him and yep. that whole scene nearly broke me I was like damn they will mm-hmm. never let a black man be Captain America that hit yeah. hard. And then I liked how Sam overcame it in his own way by choosing mm. to be better and be and show yeah. how we should be better with people. And um, the ending, yeah. Okay, the ending, not going to lie. The ending nearly got me. The ending nearly got me, bro. Because that that whole... Was it the bit where they gave Isaiah yeah, his own exhibit? His own exhibit. The exhibit that nearly yeah. got me, man. Yeah. yeah. Finally, some recognition. That was a beautiful scene, mm-hmm. man. Finally got some recognition. The act- you said the actor who played um Oh yeah, Car- <coughs> Carl Lummy. Yeah, he he's actually voiced it's not he's not new to the superhero world. No, he's not. He's um he's the voice of Martian Manhunter in Cartoon Network's Justice League and Justice League Unlimited and he also played uh in he played he played the father of the Martian Manhunter in Supergirl as well. That's the only things I've really seen him in, I think. There you go. Yeah. And but his his acting in that scene was impeccable. Mm. And I just thought his reaction, you could feel the emotion. Because up until then, he was, obviously, you can't blame him for the experiences he's gone through, but he was literally this, this bitter guy who just, his 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 view on the world was very cynical. And it's right to be. If, it was completely yeah, justified. Yeah, exactly. It was justified. So then to see his mood completely change and he finally... You know, go around to seeing what Sam was trying to do. That was great to mm. see. That was great to see. Well, yeah, Sam's Sam's story. You know, from the start, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say Sam has changed that much as a character from the start of this show to the end. I say he. he I think he's changed a little bit. I think he's. In what in what sense? In the sense that um, at the beginning he gave it up because he gave up the shield because he knew the truth. There would never let black man be Captain America. Um, mm. <clears throat> but by the end of it, he's resolved that um, he's going to have to deal with the judgment and the stares. And when he said that in the speech, I was like, 
Oh, that speech. that speech was so good, man. Oh my days. I would rewatch that on YouTube uh, like today after this probably. But yeah, that speech he just overcomes it and he's and the way he just just um managed to find the strength to be Captain America and actually wield the shield and everything. Free of like the judgment, kind of. Mm. Choosing to or even ignore the judgment and do better. I think he's definitely changed. Most definitely changed, like by the end of it. Exactly, because he does acknowledge everything that comes with holding the shield, even after he saved everyone and all of that. But because he's seen what's happened when he just he gives the shield away to people who to the government, they just recruit a yep. monster. <laughs> like <laughs> no, they didn't. Oh, okay, I want to get into another point. John Walker, right? <laughs> I'm going on tangents now, but I'm on a roll. <laughs> John Walker, right? His character, I know people hate him, but I actually think he's a very interesting character because. He's a soldier, just like Steve mm-hmm. was a soldier, but yeah. and he's not a bad man, but he's not. But Steve was a better man. I think that's all it was to it. Yeah, there was some racial undertones that people kept mentioning as well. I don't really feel like that was part of the overall narrative of his story, though, or his character development. Mm. I think it was more like the U.S. created this person who's literally done everything he can to, like, defend the country, and you gave him his hi- the highest honor, Captain America, but you expected him to act like Steve Rogers, not Captain yeah. America. You just put a soldier I mean, in the suit. If, any, if this series has shown us anything, is that Steve Rogers was one, one of a kind. Yeah, even Zemo said that. Zemo. Yeah. Man like Zemo is dancing in the club. That got memed to hell, man. I might have missed that the first time I watched it. I watched it again. I was like, oh, damn, okay. Didn't Marvel release like a one a one hour version of that? That was genius. Everyone loved that. <laughs> so many remixes. There's one, there's one bit in, with right, back to Sam, there was one bit in the final episode which made me cringe so hard. So hard. I think I know exactly what you're going to say. Yep. Hey, it's the Black Falcon. No. It's Captain America. <laughs> oh, 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 no. Why? 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 I guess it was a very comic booky moment, but it's so unrealistic. It was so... It's be- and I'm talking about... I know, I know I'm talking about unrealistic in the world it, like the MCU where pretty much everything exists. Uh, but come on. No, no, it is because we've... Like we've just been talking about, this show showed us like the world is more grounded and people talk normally and there are issues... No one in the world, unless they're trying to go viral, talks like this for the first yeah. time seeing something like a superhero film. So it does it sends mixed messages when that just got put in there. I was just like, this is cheesy. Why is this in here? We're having real discussions. I mean, it's not so much the it's not so much the bit where he said that's the Black Falcon. It's the bit where he was corrected and said, Nah, that's Captain America. I was like, No It's a bird, it's a plane. No. It's Superman. That's exactly how it felt. <sighs> yeah. Yep, yep. So cheesy. Cheese, but, cheese, cheese. <laughs> but what about our, our guy like Bucky? Bucky, Bucky, Bucky. Man, this guy has suffered. Right. He has suffered. He has been through it. Man. I actually like that they started off showing him going through therapy. Mm. Because when you think about it, this guy, if there's anyone in this world who needs therapy, it's Bucky. <laughs> man, for real. His brain has been fried, scrambled, cooked, boiled, scrambled, and repeat. <laughs> So it made sense that he's actually going to therapy. That's again, that's the benefit of these TV shows for Marvel. Mm-hmm. You don't get to see these things like, 
I was joking before, like, when does everyone go to the toilet? <laughs> you don't see these things. If, like, small things like that, it's like, all right, so this guy, he's getting therapy. He They're going shopping. Mm. Oh, they're asking for loans at the bank. You won't get to see it in the films because they probably end up as deleted scenes because they'll think, oh, we, you see we're short for time. You've got to cut it down to size. It's because they always focus on action, but these small moments yep. are actually... Action and key plot points. Yeah, yep. but these small moments of talking, just talking, I feel like most of this show was mostly talking, but it didn't feel slow to, to the point exactly. that you ruined the enjoyment of the show. Mm. But, yeah, as I said, I'm, I'm glad they showed Bucky. I mean, he was quite rusty in his fighting at the start. Yeah, he, I like how they explained that in, like, a later episode. Like, I don't normally think about it. I'm right-handed. When he didn't, he had to explain why he didn't <laughs> need his arm to, like, yeah. fix the bow or something. But, yeah. Mm. That first fight with the flag smashes, he did not. He did not handle himself well at all. In fact, both of them got kind of, well, they got kind of owned, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> when they won that that scene, where they were following the trucks on the road. Yeah, that that scene. Yeah, I remember that scene. Uh, he kicked him out of the way, and they were just rolled. It had to get, I like how they just got, um, he had to kick him out of the way, and then they ended up rolling onto the field, and then. He was like, shouldn't they get out the shield? Get off of me! <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, do you remember when he he randomly had hate for Red Wing? Yeah, yeah. Where was that? I felt like out of nowhere. No. I don't actually remember him hating Red Wing at all. I think that's... But Natasha hated that uh, Red Wing too. Or didn't hate it. She just said, I'm not, I'm not rating it. I'm not going to talk... I'm not going to say thank you or pet him or something like that. Yeah. Maybe Red Wing just doesn't get love, except from Falcon. Yeah, I just, uh, I just felt like there was something to throw in there to add a bit of a dynamic between them. It's like, ah, uh, I hate Red Wing. It's just a flying I drone. I don't know where that came from, to be honest. So, yeah, it's just it's just a flying bot. I don't know. Why, why do you hate it? Mm. Anyway. And that scene where the, um, Ayo... It's Ayo, right? Oh, Ayo. Ayo, yeah. sorry, my bad. It's Master Ayo. Okay. <laughs> and uh, Bucky, when he, they were deprogramming uh, Bucky's brain. You said that was one of your favourite scenes. Why was that your favourite scene? Oh, God. You know what? I've realised my power of recall in terms of actors' names or scenes Sebastian is horrendous. Sebastian Stan. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Who I actually found out is Romanian the other day. Like, he was actually born in Romania. Oh, for real? Yeah. I didn't know that. He was Romanian. They moved to America later on with his, his parents. Mm. Fun fact. But yeah, Sebastian Stan's acting in that scene was... Arguably the best I've seen him act in the MCU. For real. And he really showed his pedigree as an actor in that scene because saw the look on his face when when he said, I don't think it's going to work. I loved, by the way, how badass Ayo was in that scene. She didn't have any backup. She didn't have any super strength. No nothing. Yeah, she had Wakandan weapons, vibranium spear and all that. But she was like, it's just me here. And if something goes wrong, I don't care if you're the Winter Soldier, if you, you've killed loads of people. And I know how deadly you are. Mm-hmm. It's just me. I ain't going to let you hurt no one. So I have faith this is going to work. Yeah, but it's the fact that she was there ready in case he didn't. And she wasn't scared. Strong. I was just like, she's Opa Dora Milaje, this. But yeah, I love that scene for, for all those reasons. Yeah. For Sebastian Stan's acting. And for just Ayo being a proper warrior. I was like, damn, man. I, we didn't really talk about this, but um, Bucky and Sam's like kind of like chemistry or the bromance or whatever. Or the dynamic, or the yeah. dynamic, yeah. Yeah, I, I found it weird at the start when 
who was it that one of them said the other hadn't been answering their texts or calls? Mm. Right? Do you remember that? Uh, no. At the very start, I think it was yeah, Bucky hadn't been responding to Falcon's texts or calls. Oh. And then in a scene shortly after that, they just turn up together in the hangar. Oh yeah. yeah. It's like oh, nothing happened. Here's what it is. They just turn up. Back to business. Mm. That felt kind of rushed. That felt kind of rushed. Won't lie. Yeah. Um, but the funny is... Yeah, I, I did like their dynamic overall. It was they had these little... Very buddy cop-like, wasn't it? It really was. The first way I just laughed out, I said, yeah, this is going to be a great series, was when they were on the plane and Falcon just left the plane and then Bucky just like jumped out of the plane after him and then fell under the... No parachute. No parachute. He's like, I'll be fine. That was a callback to, what's it, when Captain America jumped out yeah. of the... <laughs> The copter with well, no parachute, the, wasn't he? In Winter Soldier. So the plane, yeah. It's consistent. Just going back to Sam for a second. Yeah. You see the fight he had with Batrock in the final episode? Yeah. I liked that um, he didn't win that fight mm. pretty much. Mm. I, I liked that Batrock, it was consistent because we've seen Batrock go. I mean, he got beaten by Captain America, but he gave him a challenge. So. I love that they didn't just say, ah, oh, just because he's, he's Captain America now mm. and he has the suit, he's going to beat Batroc. Nah, yeah. Batroc still Batroc's beat him. Pretty badass. Well, he gave him a, a good fight. It was it was difficult. Man. So I like <laughs> that they kept that consistent because it would have been so easy to do that typical thing where it's like, nah, he's changed his name to Captain America now, he has the suit. So We've seen him doing backflips. He's going to win this fight now. So, so yeah, no, he's still slight tangent, but he is. No, same... Um same similar tangent in that same fight i think i sent you this thing on instagram someone found someone actually found out um in that same scene <laughs> when they're fighting in the office um what's his name barkov oh batrock yeah him <laughs> he throws a chair at, Ca- at cap shield and the shield actually like buckles and falls on the floor Yes. This shield has oh, withstood so much damage, but an office chair he throws and it gets knocked to the ground. Nah, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, that was dis- that bit was disappointing. I'm sure if the the showrunners could look back and take out a scene after it's fully been submitted, they'll probably take that one I mean, out. Maybe you could say it's because he's not a super soldier. I don't know. <sighs> we'll just give them excuses, man. I wasn't this, this is that. Sh- this is the shield. No, it wasn't a nitpick. It was just something funny. I found out. It was hilarious. Dude. It was... Why does a chair stop it? <laughs> this shield has taken down planes. You remember when Captain America literally destroyed a jet mm-hmm. as he was escaping shield headquarters? Yep. But his damn chair. What chair was that chair made of, man? Thanos' sword. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they use a spare person to put it in offices mm. around the building. There's one bit we've skipped with, uh, going back to Bucky, there's one bit we skipped, and that was his relationship with the Japanese man and his son. That was heartbreaking, man. Yeah. We saw him in that first episode. He went to the bar. By the way, there was a funny bit in the bar where he had a date, mm-hmm. and she asked him, what are you? He asked him, how old are you? And he said, 135 years, and then she laughed. Meanwhile, he was being serious. Yeah, there was another <laughs> moment like, when he was talking to the guy, and he was like, I've had a day since 1914 or something. And like, <laughs> and, like we laugh, but the fact he's being serious, mm-hmm. it just shows how out of time he is. Yeah. It's like, damn, it's actually true. He's the only person left alive for his generation, pretty much. So, I would man, love to see a spin-off with Bucky. I feel like he's like an underused character, man. Like, he's got... 
so much like you could you could dive into with this character honestly i personally would love to see a show based on everything he did as the winter soldier he has to be called the I white wolf be so interesting okay that's your tv yeah. show i like that prequel but my one is called white wolf or something like that man <laughs> white wolf i love how they embrace the white wolf thing in this by the way mm. yeah but yeah the the japanese man's story where he obviously he killed his son as the winter soldier he couldn't do anything about it he was his mind was under control um and then they finally dealt with it in the final episode where he told him the truth because Let's see, this the guy he kills dad was just in the dark over the circumstances of his death. Yeah. He had no idea what happened to him. He just went <coughs> to the country, another country, and didn't return. And for years, he had you know, this unfinished ending to his son's story. He just wondered what happened. And Bucky was finally able to give him the closure, I guess, mm. even though it's unwanted. But nah, the closure he I, needed. I feel like not knowing is worse if you're a parent. Yeah, definitely. So I agree. I agree. Yeah, closure was definitely. And I'm glad they didn't do that fairy tale happy ending where it's like, all right, don't worry about it. All is forgiven. They just they didn't show it. We didn't need to see it. They just showed him telling him the truth, mm-hmm. and you could tell that they no longer have a relationship because he stared outside the cafe, and then he just saw the man sitting there and he just walked past. So I like I like that they didn't do that typical. I, it wasn't my fault. I was under mind control. You are forgiven, my son. <laughs> it's not like that. Yeah. It's like you killed my son. It's it's similar with Tony Tony Stark. It's like he acknowledges, probably now he does not in, not in the moment when he tried to kill Bucky. No, no, no. He acknowledges no. that it wasn't his fault, but he still didn't. He doesn't didn't give him any money. So that just shows. <laughs> it shows. Um, yeah, he doesn't mess with them no more, man. So. What did you What did you think of um that character that was meant to be in, well that is in Black Widow, but obviously Black Widow didn't get released. I can't remember her name, of something Fontaine Dillo, whatever. I, I don't remember what she was. She was the girl. She was the woman who talked to U.S. agent. Oh, was it Val? Yeah, Val. But don't call her Val. Only your friends call her Val. Yeah, I'm interested. I like, I like that character. It reminded me of like a. An anti Nick Fury. Nick Fury, a Nick Fury, but for the evil yeah. side. Like an, <laughs> I know, like an anti Nick Fury. Yeah. Mm. I'm, I don't know much about her character at all, though. I know she used to be Madame Hydra from the comics, and that's it. Yeah, but I like how she sh- she shows the potential of someone who knows a lot and can do and has a is well connected and can do a lot of things, has a lot of information. For example, when she said she knew that. John Walker took the super soldier serum. Yeah, even his partner didn't know, so how did she? Exactly. That just shows how well connected she is. Mm. Or the amount of information she has on everyone. And she just, she always pops up out of the blue. But it's the fact that you know she's been observing from a distance. So I think there's a bigger part for her to come in the MCU, yeah. for sure. I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, she kind of had that, um, she, that Agatha Harkness vibe. <coughs> Yeah, I was going to say. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, she had that Agatha Harkness vibe from WandaVision. Because you, you feel like she's pulling the strings. Exactly. Pretty much. And she's not let she's not divulging exactly how much she knows. She just lets it out in drips. And we'll find out more as we go along. So I was, I was intrigued by that character. Yes. Mm. Intrigued. But speaking of Mr. John Walker, what do you think? Because um, <laughs> remember at the end of the first episode... I saw a lot of people <coughs> <laughs> who 
Because he did that smile and he looks really... It didn't, it didn't really look right in the Captain America when he was first introduced no. as your new Captain America. And he did that weird grin. And people were like, who the hell is this? <laughs> he looked like he looked like the granddad from Up in the, in the helmet. Yes, <laughs> that smile. It's like, <laughs> yeah, um, So, yeah, he, he was first introduced right at the end of the first episode. He was still wearing the mask, so we didn't actually see what he looked like. Yeah, often. I found out that he originally auditioned for the role of Captain America, but Chris Evans got it. What? You know, I always find out these things. So, you know who else auditioned for Captain America? Who? Um, Sebastian Stan. Yeah. He auditioned for the role of Captain America, but apparently the creators for... Basically, the film world is very... They'll, they'll look at you and they'll, they'll objectify you, mm. if, especially if they feel like you're a, certain, a good fit for a certain role. And they looked at him and thought, you know what? There's some darkness in there, so we we can use you as a Bucky. So, and it worked. It worked out. It worked out. Yeah. But I always find it interesting when I find out exactly how many actors mm. auditioned for certain roles and didn't get it and ended up getting something else. I guess it's a good message to keep keep going because he ended up being Captain America in the end in the MCU. So, fair play. Yeah. Well, at the very start of episode two, we saw. We saw um, that scene where he was talking himself for his opening speech and things like that, mm. practicing in, in the dressing room with Battlestar, right? His his right-hand man. Yeah. And from there, they, you kind of got the feeling the show was trying to really get us on board with John Walker. Like, he's a noble man. He's he's the best of the best. Yeah, but... but he was interviewing with the talk... Was it the talk show host? Yeah, in the football stadium, yeah. Yeah, he said you you scored top marks on this and that, and you rated the highest. And you know all his medals he's been to war and things like that. So they really tried to make a a big deal out of them qualifying him as the best possible candidate for Captain America. But as we've seen in yeah. the first Avenger, Captain America won. It's not about that. Steve didn't have any medals exactly. or anything like that. It's never been about your qualifications and all that. It's literally, are you a good man inside? Mm-hmm. And well, you said previously, you think. So this is, I found that interesting. You think John Walker is a good man? <sighs> okay. When I said that, I, I, I meant you were drunk. No, well, that was like. <laughs> Yeah. That's beside the point. Okay, okay. Let me get back to my. Shut up! You've got me all frazzled now. <laughs> it's the alcohol. It's the combobulation. <laughs> um, no, I said that because of the whole ending, where he showed up and did the right thing by keeping the truck up, and he was quipping with Bucky. But then you told me, or someone told me, that they had to wrap it up because of COVID, so things had to like escalate so i think there was like some scenes that were meant to be filmed where we would have seen a bit mm-hmm. of like um not maybe redemption i don't know like something with um his character but we didn't get that we just got quips straight away with bucky and they're walking away from taking away the bad guy and i was like where did this come from it felt shoehorned in so that's why i said i think he's a he's not a bad person Plus, he is kind of victimized as well because of, well, not victimized, um, that's not the right word. Um, like I said, he's been a soldier all his life, so he's had to do things for his country and his country has told him this is good, giving him medals, rewarding him for this behavior. And he's only doing the mm. same thing, just with a shield. 
and now super soldier serum. So their definition of good is a soldier, but they got what they got, and then it just ended badly. So is he really a bad person? That's uh, you see my, my was, point. Is, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm mixed on it though because I feel like he did start off as a good person. Mm. We saw him, you know, going through the right channels. He really tried to. He really tried to be friends or build a relationship with Sam and Bucky. Yeah. There's no speaking to them. It's like, oh, look, I'm never going to be Cap. He said that at the start, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And then... I think he was just saying that. He's though. trying to talk to them, build some rapport, and they just weren't having it. He felt like, man, this guy's really trying. And I know Steve or Steve, but this, these guys aren't giving him the time of day. And he has... It seemed, from what we've seen so far, that he has nothing but good intentions. So I did feel sorry for him at the start. It's like, damn, man, this guy's just trying to do his job. He's trying to be the good guy and uh, build some rapport with them. No. But then as things go on, he keeps getting snaked by Sam and Bucky who just but don't keep him in the loop with anything. I understand why they're doing that, though. I understood why they do that for different reasons. It's because... Um, well, they don't trust him. He's, um, he's, he's completely new to them, so they don't trust him. No, for yeah. for me, I think the reason is Sam sees exactly what he expected. America to hire this um this blue-eyed blonde guy, and obviously okay. Bucky, he's feeling like this isn't the man that Steve wanted to have the shield. This is wrong. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's just because he's oh, yeah. Fair enough. That's a good point. Actually, that's a good point. But either way, John Walker felt very excluded, and you know, maybe he maybe he was a bit too entitled, in that sense. I, yeah, a bit too entitled to thinking. Just because they used to mess with Cap. I'm the new Cap, so they've got to mess with me. Exactly. So it, it, it was probably a two-way thing. He might have been a bit too entitled, but Sam and Bucky might have been a bit too closed off to him. Yeah, but then he got his ass handed to him. And that's that, 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 that for me, if I was rooting for him at any point, it was when I saw him just at his lowest at that point, when he said, they weren't even super soldiers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I was like, got- yeah, bro. By the way, shout out to how the Dora Milaje were depicted in this. Mm. Like, I feel like because they were beaten by Michael B. Jordan's character, Killmonger, in Black Panther, you kind of forgot how formidable they were. So this show really reaffirmed that, nah, this is the Dora Milaje. These are some of the fiercest warriors in the world. Super, so- super soldier serum or not they will take on anyone so I'm glad they showed that the fighting techniques heck they managed to take off Bucky's arm that <laughs> bit was I, lo- I, I shouldn't have laughed at that bit but it's, it's Bucky's reaction you know what it reminded me of I'm so dumb it reminded me of Buzz Lightyear <laughs> it reminded me of Buzz Lightyear in Toy Story when he loses his arm the look on his face is oh, like <gasps> That was funny. <laughs> I just thought about his trick. You are a toy. <laughs> uh, what, what did you think of that specific bit, actually? The, the fact that they installed a failsafe, if you like, in case this guy goes crazy again, that we can take your arm at any point. I felt that was rude, man. I, was, I just felt, yo, don't get, too, don't get too cocky, though. We can take your arm away at any point. Remember that, innit? Remember that. Yeah, <laughs> I felt bad for Bucky, but I know 
it makes sense logically, but he I must understand. Bad. He must understand. He must understand. I know he felt be- his immediate reaction was what, but then you know he should understand, man. He knows exactly what he's done as the Winter Soldier. I mean, that there just, needs to be some sort of feelsy. I mean, that just shows how much he really loves Wakanda. He let his guard down fully. That this is actually a shot. Yeah, that's how much mm. he loves Wakanda, man. It's true. No, there. Were, in fact, wasn't there? It was this series where right, where there was a bit where he said. He had one moment of peace, and that was in Wakanda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that just goes to show, like in Wakanda, he truly healed, man. Mm-hmm. It was all that, all that good rice and stew, <laughs> that, that yam, all of that. He's absorbed the culture. I mean, come on, going there would heal everyone. He he moved like one of those gap year students. Oh, don't. He travels to the continent and rediscovers himself. Don't do that. He even grew his hair out. Don't do that. No longer. Came back, renamed himself White Wolf as well. <laughs> Wearing the traditional clothes and all of Dosed. that. So, <laughs> it's true. He went on a he went on a gap year or gap years oh, to work on them. He fixed his mental states. All of that. <laughs> no, Bucky's got the hookup, man. He hooked up Sam with a brand new suit. I hate mm. the way they did that Pulp Fiction ending, man, with the suitcase. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's exactly, that's the best analogy, for real. The damn Pulp Fiction, you open it up, it, they might as well just made it glow gold, man. I know. And this complete. I knew the memes that were coming. I was going to get, like, the seven. What's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> that's exactly what came to my mind. Say what one more time. <laughs> Basically, Sam and Bucky's arc. I like how, you know, the final bit where they literally did that thing. You know, when it happens, they they invited the white guy to the cookout. Yeah, it's always been a metaphorical <laughs> thing. Whenever white people do something that the black community approves of, so then they metaphorically invite them to the cookout, and they actually went and did it at the end of. <laughs> At the end of the show, he was literally there. Yeah, he showed up with cake or something and the sunglasses. Like, chill. I've yeah. never seen Bucky look chilled. He's always been either frozen, brainwashed, dusted. I've never seen him chilled like he was mm. in this scene. It was good to see, man. Proper, proper happy for him. I mean, that bit where Zemo... The first, the first time he met Zemo again in prison, he tried to activate him again. And then we saw straight away, oh, this guy is fully healed. I like that scene a lot. It's not it's not like a major scene or anything, but I, I really liked how that started. He started reading out the words which would activate the Winter Soldier program and then it was gone. And even then Zemo was saying, yes, I know, but there's still a little something in there. So it'll be interesting to see if they explore that little something in there mm. going forward. Even though I think, I don't think there's anything in there. He, I think he's been fully cured, man. Especially after seeing that scene in Wakanda. So, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm happy with Sam and Bucky's arcs in this and how it ended, and I'm looking forward to more adventures with the both of them. But going on to man like Zemo, Zemo was good. I liked him as the third man. I liked him as mm. the third man to Bucky and Sam, and I like Zemo. Just seemed like he always had. He was always a step ahead. I always got that sense with Zemo. He was always a step ahead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I even liked how he spoke. He he's so like he, so monotone, wasn't he? He never even changed his facial expression much. Yeah, even when he was talking about trouble, man, with a certain. Mm. He's right. <laughs> it's a class, a cultural icon or masterpiece. It's a cultural icon masterpiece. 
See, even this guy's bad, and he gets it. Yep. <laughs> I like the bits where he was... So, was he talking to Sam, wasn't it? He was talking to Sam about the... You know, the morality of these super soldiers. And, you know, how Cap was a one and only. And he... His main objective was to get rid of all these damn super soldiers. Because mm-hmm. he thinks they're all evil. He thinks the Avengers are evil anyway, but... His new objective seemed to be to get rid of these super soldiers. I don't know. Did you ever trust Zemo in this? At any point, did you trust Zemo? I I didn't trust him initially because obviously we've seen what he, the damage he did in Civil War. But I understood him more at the end of this one than I did in the movie. He was the only one who thought that um, super soldiers were bad. But then he said Steve Rogers was, um, was the exception. Mm-hmm. He was special, so... He, him admitting that kind of made me understand where he was coming from. Because there's a one thing to say that all are bad. You have to admit, if you're going to make that one is good, then you're thinking more rationally than someone who's just like, you know, all, you know? Yeah. I didn't trust Zemo once during this. I liked, I liked the actor. I liked Daniel Brawl. He's a top-class actor. If you remember in Glorious Bastards, yeah. he was in there. He was really good. I think that's what really that was his big break in in effect. He he got a few more roles after that, and I think there's more to come with him. So he's a great actor, um, but I did not trust him in this show, man. Not f- not for one bit, especially when they went to Madripoor and you saw him giving the sweets to the kids and making deals with them to keep hush about certain details. I was just like, all right, this guy's up to no good. Mm, okay, I take it back. I never trusted him, but I respected the way he did things, at least. Like, he had a style about how mm. he did things. Plus, can we talk about that damn coat? That jacket? That is cold, man. I love that jacket. That is cold. I was like, damn. Where can I was surprised I get to this? find out he's rich, by the way. I was surprised to find out that he's exactly. rich. He's a baron. I guess baron. baron. That kind of gave it away. He's a baron, mm. but... Damn, that coat, that private jet, Whew. even after all these years in prison, I was like, yo. This is how I escape in style. Mm. <laughs> the thing is, yeah, he had all of this. He had so much to, he has a lot to lose. So, I'm not going to lie, it kind of seems his arc in the in Civil War seems even stranger to me now. Because it seems like he had all these resources, he had a lot to lose. And I know, you know, the Avengers took a lot from him. So he was on his own mission, but... Um, yeah, it did seem weird that he had all of this to lose. And heck, even at the end, he was about to kill himself. Do you remember before T'Challa stopped him? Yeah. He was saying, um, yeah, he's literally about to shoot himself. And T'Challa said, the living are not done with you yet. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Did your opinion of Zemo change? I mean, it must have. Mm. Maybe, maybe it didn't. But did your opinion of Zemo change between Civil War and this show? I'm definitely interested in seeing him again. Yeah, for like sure. I'm actually more hyped. When I heard that he was gonna be in this show, I was like, "Hmm, interesting." Mm. Now I'm like, "When he's gonna be announced in the next thing?" I'm like, "Ooh, Zemo!" <laughs> so yeah, yeah, my opinion has kind of changed. He even had his mask and his classic mask, yeah. Zemo purple mask. Yeah, and I, th- I think yeah, his arc in this was just to get rid of all these super soldiers. So I do think the bit where they found him again in Sokovia was rushed. I feel like that was rushed. This guy literally escaped, and he has. And we saw he's quite well connected. He has a lot of resources, so he could have done a better job hiding. Yeah, he could have. And the fact that they they didn't show the process of 
locating him in Sokovia and whatnot. They just turned up. So no, I feel no, like that was... They explained it. definitely cut some scenes out. No, they explained it. I wish people probably missed it. Yeah, it's... Um, I think it was when they were looking for the power broker... And Zemo mentioned, have you ever, you've never been to the memorial of Sokovia, have you? To Bucky, in passing, as they're walking through a door. And then Bucky listened to that, and he's like, okay, I knew where you're going to be based on that. Oh yeah, I remember that bit, but I still feel like, you know, maybe, again, maybe this is another trope, but how do they know he'd be there at that exact time? Oh, okay, <laughs> the perfect timing thing, yeah, I can't yeah. explain that. That's just, that's just, yeah. Yeah. That's just the screenplay writing, man, I don't know. I feel like there was probably a scene where they spent they would have spent some time actually identifying where he was location wise, but then to be fair, they have Wakanda technology. They can probably find anyone they want to. They were probably still tracking him invisible in the jet, man. Just hovering above him. Yeah. They probably didn't even know. Exactly. But, uh, That's probably why you know, it makes more sense now actually. I go I take it back. It makes more sense because remember Aya wasn't that fussed mm. when she saw that he got away. Because they probably had some trackers in him or something. Probably, man. But she walked into that bathroom he was hiding in and saw he got away. Mm -hmm. And she wasn't that fast. She was just like, he got away. All right, say nothing. Say nothing. (laughs) See you soon, (laughs) Zemo. But um, what's it? What did we think of the villains then? Obviously, we covered Zemo, but Carly, Morgan, Morgan Saw, and the Flag Smashers. I don't want to call her a villain, but I know her actions have to, like, demand that. Because mm. she did kill people in her agenda to, like, get people, like, liberated and free and united again. There was, there was a lot of conflicts, wasn't there? It's just like, there's some bits where she was clearly and intentionally killing innocent people. Mm-hmm. And they really tried to make it seem like, to us, the viewers, that she doesn't care. She doesn't give a damn that she's killing innocent people. And in fact, she wants to... to Allow her agenda to press on even more. Yes, yeah, because she keep she keeps getting labeled as a terrorist, and that, that's what mm. Sam even addresses in his speech at the end. You label these things, uh, label people these things, and that's what you're going to see. You're never going to hear them. You're never going to talk to them and understand and find a resolution. I was kind of disappointed that all the flag smashers had super soldier serum, because is super soldier serum. For me, in the MCU, used to be this really special. Bro, that's one of the issues I had with this show. I mentioned it at the beginning, but I didn't really go into much. Um, this is one of them. Everybody's got this damn super soldier serum, man. No, <laughs> it's just a guy a managed to fix thing. it. A guy managed to make it. That was the that was the yeah. reason. That was the reason. <sighs> oh my days! That was it, it. Seemed like it did seem like a really special. Th- I thought, man, Steve has super soldier serum. That's makes him proper special in this and. No one else really has it, that kind of thing. I know Bucky had it, but you know he was with Hydra, this massive organization. And then to see this, these rogue people all just, you know, Steve had to get it through some massive machine through Vita rays combined, not just the fluid. Mm-hmm. And obviously, technology is advanced to a stage where you can just drink it like it's a shot at a bar. But I feel like the Super Soldier Serum really got degraded <laughs> in this show. One, you can just drink it. And two, it doesn't even, like, show you being hench or anything. It just, you can be as skinny as hell, but you drink the super soldier serum and bam, you've got super strength. Same level of strength as the likes of Bucky and whatnot. Or even John Walker, who's a trained soldier. You can just be a skinny girl, 
and you can drink the super soldier serum and you can mm. go you can literally beat him not even go hand to hand you can beat him with quite with ease as well so yeah I'm glad they've gotten rid of the excess super soldier serum in this universe or as far as I can see but yeah Zemo stepped on all the bottles John Walker drank the last of it I'm glad that's all gone man I felt like they rinsed it too much in this in this series but yeah back to Carly I found her I found her to be a strange character man Absolutely. I found her to be a strange character because you know she's doing this one world one people thing with her people she's trying to lib- she reminded me of Bane really? she reminded me of Bane because she's trying to liberate the people and fight for what is right with her own twisted ideology while sacrificing innocent people in the act I mean there's not much difference between her and Bane in, in terms of what they were doing. I mean, Bane was like a lackey and yet... Bane blew up a stadium full of athletes and said he's going to liberate the people by allowing them to press a button <laughs> that would detonate the whole place. <laughs> That's like... That's not what she did at all, though. <laughs> no, obviously, not the not literally, but... I know you... I just felt like this... If, if she was part of Bane's troop, they would... Their philosophies would definitely align. That's what I'm saying. But I found her to be a strange character. I didn't... I wasn't ever on board with what she was trying to do, even though it was framed in a way that we were supposed to be on board with, with what she was trying to do. Mm-hmm. She was trying to stop the... She was basically anti-government, wasn't she? Yeah. Because the government wasn't helping. Mm-hmm. But even then... That does sound like something we should be against, especially in the MCU where we've seen big institutions like S.H.I.E.L.D. be so corrupt, Hydra be so corrupt. We should be on board with Carly, but I don't know, maybe it's just me. I'll ask you in a second, but maybe it's just me. I just, I was never on board with anything Carly was trying to do at all. All the flag smashes. Mm, it's weird. Um, I understand it from a perspective of someone who's not obviously, I'm not like high class, like decision making um, kind of person. I'm I'm working class, so I understand like the underdogness of like the whole like mm. struggle. I saw so many like um, video essays and people's interpretations of what Carly's movement stood for. One of them was like one of them said that um, Carly's um, protest was similar to All Eyes and Arrow or something. I was like, whoa, that's kind of a bit. No, I can't remember. I can't remember. This. <laughs> oh, one world, one people. Yeah, one exactly. World, one people. Yeah, but I... you know that bit of fun funny <laughs> when she said one world, one people, and her <laughs> her followers were very silent. She was like, eh? "I can't hear y'all. <laughs> I said one world, one people. God damn it!" And then <laughs> the reply saying, "One world, one people. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. One people." <laughs> uh, as a character, as a villain, I don't think she was a really strong one. I feel like she was more like. A character who was just, just conflict, who who was just in conflict with um, the world. I don't think she was a real villain with like hard plans to rule the world mm. or anything. Like she had a oh, motive right. that was kind of relatable, and Sam saw that too. Nah, I I never thought she was a good person. <laughs> what lie to you? Mm. Especially after she killed Battlestar. She killed Battlestar, and that's when we really saw John Walker just go absolutely. Oh bizarre. man. That shot with the blood coming down from the shield. Jeez. Yep. I never thought I'd see something like that. But when I saw that, I was like, damn. Mm. 
that's, that's kind of iconic, you know, that, that shot. It's framed it's very quite well. quite iconic. You could frame it and it'll be such an interesting picture to look at. Mm-hmm. By the way, I... Alright, don't take... This is going to sound crazy if taken out of context when I say this. I'm just going to say it. I kind of like how they showed what happened to Battlestar in terms of, you know, we have to acknowledge that these are regular people fighting super soldiers. Yeah. And this is... What happened to Battlestar would happen to us as regular people fighting them. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I think, especially with Sam, he's been fighting a super. He's been fighting these flag smashes, and he hasn't been really, you know, getting impacted much. But obviously, he's had the help of um, his wings and his jetpack and all of that. Fair enough. But what happened to Battlestar is realistic in terms of what happened. What would happen if a regular person tried to fight these super soldiers like that? Yeah, that's true. I like how they kept that real. Even though it's very tragic what happened to Battlestar. It was man, very realistic. He got his ass this whooped, man. Shit. Whooped, man. It's like no... It's like, if, if a super soldier kicks you, a regular guy, you are going to go flying and, heck, you'll die. You know what? They showed that. It reminds, it was a reminder. It reminds me of that scene from Rick and Morty. There's an episode... No, so there's a part in Rick and Morty where Rick has to meet the president and confront mm-hmm. him about something. And then... Um, one of the guards walks up to Rick and then he drops dead. I say, and then um, Rick said um, he was, it was a kind of an instant death. That's kind of a scary thing. You don't really like notice it. That's what it kind of reminds me of like, just snap, wait, straight away, he gets like killed by this super soldier. It's just so instant, you know. <laughs> it's funny when you, it makes me want to laugh at Battlestar's death when you say it like that. I don't want to laugh, though. What kind of death was it? Uh, Instant. <laughs> well, yeah, it was very realistic. It's like, don't forget, you're a regular person fighting these super soldiers. They kick you like that, you hit something, you're dead. As a reminder. And and I know we didn't really mention that bit earlier when we were discussing John Walker where he killed someone. Because I was kind of saving it for when we discussed uh, Carly. Was he justified in killing that flag smasher? Bro, it's like I've been saying. He's been trained. He's had a whole career where he's had to do things that we don't get to see mm-hmm. as normal people. And you gave him a shield. He's as justified as the government allows him to be justified. Are you talking about morally? He shouldn't have done it. Yeah, he shouldn't have done it. But then you can ask the same thing on soldiers every day when they have to do things for the government. Mm. So I can actually say... <laughs> I sidestepped the question, but that's actually my reasoning. <laughs> nah, you you're too scared to answer. I'm not scared. I, say it. Answer my question. I... <laughs> With me, all I'll say is I understand that he did what he did. Wasn't justified. Can't ever justify killing someone like that. No. But it makes sense in terms of the lead up to it. It makes sense that he did what he did. Mm. This what Battlestar was his boy. Yeah, we saw that in the that's episode two, when they were in the locker room just talking about life, and then even in the scene leading up to when John Walker took the took the super soldier serum, he's having heart to heart convos, philosophical convos. He's been to war with this guy. He's seen him on the battlefield. They've survived and whatnot. So to see him just be killed, and it's so abrupt, to see him just be killed like that by the very person. That you've been pursuing and wanting to bring in. Why wouldn't you rage? Why wouldn't you rage? Mm. So, track down one of the flag smashers and then bam. 
dead. But like that, bro. Again, you can see the, the link of causation. But I justify it. I don't think I'll justify it, but I can see exactly why it happened and how it led up to that. But yeah, that scene, as you, you mentioned before, with the blood on the shield. Yeah. Damn. What do you think of the very next episode after that, where we just see him running away? <laughs> I thought that was a bit weird. Yeah, I was, I was like, wait, you, I'm sure you skipped something. Again, that might have been part of why it was rushed. No, that that might have been part of it all being rushed. Um, as we as the same thing that happened with One Division. To be honest, it was meant this this series was meant to be longer. Yeah, meant to have a few more episodes, but the damn pandemic forced things to be changed around and whatnot. So they did have to rush a lot of things. They did because all that being considered, I still think they did a good job. Yeah, because. So. We've seen with other franchises, namely Justice League, when they've had to rush things and cut things down, it's been an absolute mess. 100%. So considering the circumstances, they did a, they did a decent job, but it did feel rushed. We can't I can't ignore that. I feel like there should have been a bit, you know, they should have at least cut to the that exact scene where he killed the guy, and then show him running away before we see him run away to that abandoned warehouse or whatnot. Yeah, and that, and that was the bit. By the way, you've mentioned it already, but the quips. We go from him trying to... to he literally was going to kill Falcon. Like, he was going to kill Falcon. Yeah. So, to go from that... He tried to kill both Falcon and Bucky, but in terms of how close he came, he came closer to, to killing Falcon. And to go from that to quipping in the very next episode... I mean, they did they did give us the impression that there was a bit of a time jump between that and the final episode with Sam going through all his training and doing his backflips and throwing the shield and all that yeah that must have taken over a month I'd say and then between that and the final the final battle that was there was also a big time jump as you said they did have to rush a lot of things but so you know time time is a healer but this guy tried to kill y'all so to go from that to quipping making jokes they give the he gives him that nod the head nod mm-hmm. it's like oh well all's forgiven you tried to kill us but we just saved people together so all's forgiven i don't know i mean what, what do you think of that i thought it my only issue is just that it seemed a bit rushed but if they managed to flesh that out a bit more i wouldn't have had a, as big an issue with it yeah i mean i already said um like it it, it kind of um threw me off as to whether he's a good character or or not or he's a bad character because i don't i feel like if we if he had like a few more scenes then maybe i would have a better opinion if he's a really bad character but he definitely did a bad thing that's something cap would never have done so he's already down in the books as like definitely not a hero like to me you know there's one thing i actually wanted to one last thing i wanted to like bring up i wish i had seen like a flashback um, of the of the way things were before, and the reason I say this is because like things were before in terms of when when Thanos snapped and the world was oh, just yeah. left. Because all we saw was it being like desolate and like there's one kid on a bike and then Ant Man just says what's going on here and it's like no silence. There's a silence and you just see like two oh, stones. Really, I mean, it looked really grim and it looked really dark. But mm. in Falcon and Winter Soldier, apparently people came together. And it was it was harmonious, and then people came back, and now the world is like 
unbalanced because of all the financial reasons, all the land and all the occupational reasons and all these reasons. I wanted to see what that world was like before, just because I would have been able to empathize more with Carly, so I could see what mm-hmm. she was fighting for, if you get what I mean. You know what? I completely and totally understand, because I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. There's a part of me which is like, wait, 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 wait. We can't just skip five years and everyone comes back and then continue as normal. Things have changed, man. Yeah. We need to see yeah. some of that change. I'd love to have a series like that or just a good yeah. segment of a movie grounded in I've, less like real people. Because I've got a feeling um, the way the shows are being made, they kind of want us to just assume that. Actually, I'm speaking very early here. I could be very wrong as future shows might show. I don't know. But they're, they're making them in a way where we just have to assume that things more or less went back to normal when everyone returned. And I, I'm not sure I like that. <laughs> I don't like that because there's so many different issues associated with people snapping, disappearing for five years and coming back. There's so many things you could do there. So but, many. Like relationships you moved on from, financial debts mm. that you have to now pick up that have probably gathered interest since you were dusted <laughs> for some reason. Um, I mean, what have you dusted and then someone moved into your house while you were gone? Exactly, that too. There's things like that. What? what if there wasn't... What about the food shortage? For five years, they've only made food enough for half the world. Now the other half have come back. Mm-hmm. I don't know. These are really minor things. It's just and interesting. We've already discussed some of the more intense scenarios where people reappearing in the middle of train tracks or over the Atlantic Ocean on planes. And, and they will never, I don't think they'll ever explore that. But I've got a feeling it's just going to have to be a thing that we have to try and ignore. But it does irk me sometimes. I'm like, That's man, whole gold wait, mine hold right on. There. Can we explore some of this? It's a gold mine. Mm-hmm. I think people will be really interested in seeing I would be so interested in it personally. Do you know what would so be good? Interested. Oh my gosh, you know what would be good? Like an office style, like, um, themed, like, blip, like, series. Like, just talking to the camera about what, what life is like after people have been blipped yeah. back. That would be dope. That's a great concept for a TV show, man. I mean, my girlfriend got dusted five years ago. Yeah. And I kind of found a new girlfriend. And then she came back after five years, but we already started a family. And now it's awkward. <laughs> There's so much you could explore there, but. It, it, it does kind of upset me that they'll never really explore it. It does kind of upset me, I won't lie, because there's so much you could do with it. But the superhero stuff is the main focus, fine. It's like I've seen a few memes of people wanting to know, they want a TV show of what happens with the people who have to clean up after all the superheroes, when they destroy New York and stuff like that. When cars have been destroyed, it's like, oh man, your car was destroyed by the Hulk. Oh, I'm sure my insurance covers that. No, no, it doesn't. It's like, what? Only, but it wasn't my fault. He only covers Iron <laughs> Man. Stuff like that. He only covers Iron Man and Spider-Man. It doesn't cover <laughs> Hulk. Hulk insurance is premium. You have to get that up with that door one too. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, there's so much you could explore there, but you have to kind of accept it, man. They're not really going to delve into it. If they do, then I'll I'll actually be jumping for joy. <laughs> if, especially if they do it in the way we all, we all want it to be done. Yeah. I'll be jumping for joy that they're exploring that, but... We just have to assume they're going to continue as normal. You know, they'll mention the blip. They'll mention, uh, you went away for five years, you came back. Things have changed. And then they'll just move past it. Yeah. They won't talk about how things have changed. They'll just 
Go on with it. Yeah, what so, can you do? It is what it is, man. But I think yeah, we've we've covered all the the main characters, and then we've come on to Sharon. Sharon, the power broker, allegedly. <laughs> what do you think of that, man? Did did you ever suspect Sharon was the power broker, and do you still believe that she is the power broker? I thought it was painfully obvious that she was the power broker. I thought everyone knew that. That's why I'm of the opinion that she's not the power broker. Who did you think it was? Like the guy in the in the, in the bar? Nah, it was obvious to me, man. <laughs> I think everyone found it obvious. I don't obvious. know if she's necessarily the power broker. I, first of all, I want to talk about Sharon's arc a bit. Because she came back and you know she, she's this big bad boss in Madripoor. She's running things. She's become more evil. Was she dusted? Um, I don't think she was dusted. Well, whatever happened, she, when we reunite with Sharon, she's changed a lot, man. She used to be this proper cute girl who's like, really just wants to do a job properly, and working with Captain America, protecting Captain America, that kind of thing. She was really by the book. And now we come back to Sharon and she's like, in the underworld. I was like, damn, man. And I know it's been five years, so whether she was dusted, I don't think she was dusted actually, because it would make sense that she spent five years building up everything mm-hmm. and to be the power broker. So I'm gonna assume I'm probably very wrong in this. Is a fifty? Is a fifty-fifty shot? <laughs> so I'm gonna assume she wasn't dusted. But we come back and she's so evil and that bit where she kills the guy <laughs> with the mercury bomb. Yeah, I remember that. That was damn. His face melted. I was like, damn, it might be better to just give him a bullet. Just shoot him. But she wanted to make it hurt. She's like, give you a mercury bomb or melt your face off. It's like, yikes. Man, then just this is the new it. Sharon, eh? Man, this, this is Captain America's niece as well, you know? Oh, uh, don't get into that. <laughs> it's messed up when you get into that, especially when you remember the kiss. And the fact, hey, Captain America, Steve Rogers, man. He kissed her, and then he went back in time to get back with Peggy. <laughs> Man, he loves this family. He's <laughs> a, a bad guy, you know. <laughs> Damn you, Captain. I see you, I see you. Alright. Yeah, that's messed up when you think about it. <laughs> um, yeah, Sharon Carter. I like her fight scene, by the way, where she, you know when she was fighting by all those containers? Mm, the great. shipping containers. That was cool. I was like, yes, this is really good action. That's actually one of my favourite bits of action in the whole thing. Yeah. Like you really saw Sharon Carter. That was the first time you saw her, you saw her fighting proper. You saw her a little bit of it in um, Civil War. Or was it Winter Soldier? Oh, no, no, sorry, you're right, Civil War. When, no, it was, yeah, you're right, yeah, Civil, it was Civil War. Yeah, Civil War, actually. It kind of, I kind of wanted saw to a little, see... You saw a bit of it in, in uh, Winter Soldier, but you saw it more of it in Civil yeah, War. But you've never seen anything like it, like it is mm-hmm. now. And yeah, she was... She did seem off... She seemed off. I just that's kind of what leads me on to my next point in that I th- there have been some theories that she might be a scroll. I like that theory. She might be a scroll. I like that theory. I don't really have a big opinion of of uh, Sharon's character. I I liked seeing her again because she was a familiar face, but I was I'll wait to see what happens with her next. But my main focus was mainly on like the other characters and their storylines. Mm. I don't know, the power, the power broker thing, I, all I'm saying with Sharon is the power broker thing was kind of random. Mm. And I know you said it's quite obvious, but it didn't make, it didn't make sense, even though it was obvious. <laughs> that it kind of came out of nowhere, and 
I don't know if it was a play to get her to get the government to pardon her like Bucky was pardoned it's kind of mad that Bucky would be pardoned but she wouldn't yeah that's kind of mad that's kind of crazy and I know you know Bucky was part of that it's big like the world, fight with Thanos that saved the world but. it's like the MCU forgot about her and was like oh yeah so we're not gonna pardon mm, her that's why she was that probably explains why she was so angry she was so snarky in this I liked it that's the only thing I re- there was one mm. scene I really liked and it was just like the scene where she was being hella snarky and snod, uh, sardonic to like people and just like being really like uh, bitter and I, I liked it like that scene a lot just the way she mm. was talking about like superheroes and people it was just like damn what happened to you she's changed a lot man that's why I think she's been around for five years that she hasn't been snapped just everything she's seen and all the stuff she's had to do she's changed a lot and I guess, you know, if that's the case, then, alright, I refute my scroll theory, but wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if she was. But I'm looking forward to more. It looks like they've got a bigger part for Sharon for Sharon coming up in um, I hope so. the MCU. So, yeah, I hope so too, man. So, we have to compare it to WandaVision, because I know they're very different shows, but they're both in the MCU. It has to be done. I mean, we compare the likes of Thor to the Thor 1 to Captain America. Completely different films in different realms, but it is what it is. They're both in the MCU. So, which was better for you, in your humble opinion? Mm, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I feel like it touched on more themes that like just gra- grasped me more, I think. Yep. But it doesn't mean I did not like WandaVision. But I think it, the themes were oh, yeah, for more. Sure. I mean, I enjoyed both, but for me, I... I definitely prefer Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Although it did have its flaws, both had their flaws, especially towards the end. And you could feel, you know, how it was rushed, both of them. But obviously, the, by circumstances out of everyone's control. So, yeah, I definitely prefer Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Some episodes were a lot better than others. But, yeah, man, I enjoyed them both. And I'm looking forward to Loki. Yes. Yeah, coming next month, right? Not June, bro, isn't it? Oh, damn. June, yeah. Yeah, bro. We've got nothing else until then. Marvel-related. Well, isn't Black Widow, the Black Widow film, meant to come out in May? Ooh. We might have something to do until May. I think it's May, yeah. It usually is like May time. In fact, May... I was looking forward to May because it had two of my most anticipated films, which are Black Widow and A Quiet Place 2. Yeah, A Quiet Place 2 is finally coming out. Oh, finally. They've taken piss with that, man. Taking ages. Yeah, it's coming out end of May, The Quiet Place 2. So about a month from now, when we're recording this. And Black Widow, I think, is also due next month. So yeah, we've got some stuff to look forward to next month. Oh, sweet. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Alright, well, this is this has been our longest episode so far. So if you made it to this, you made it this far, thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it, guys. And it's been a hell of yeah. a ride. Indeed. But I guess, you know, we're wrapping up several episodes in the series, so it, it deserves to be talked about in some sort of depth. Mm-hmm. And again, disclaimer, we can't talk about everything, man. We, we'd be here for another six hours. So, yeah, I need to we eat. We just talk about the things we found more, most notable. Oh, yeah, we hungry, man. Yeah, we got to eat, man. Let's get out of here. It's lunchtime. Until next time, we are out. Peace. What are you going to eat? Uh, I don't know, you know. I think there's some rice waiting for me. Hey, got the rice, the rice. Wait, I didn't stop recording. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
Until next time, we are out. Let me go eat my rice. <laughs>